Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Of course, I could get a hell of a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take the butcher's word for it. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Roadshow. We are at Piedmontese, the Mercado, and why not uh, little Tommy boy? It was on last night. Chris Schmidt, Blackshirt, Husker, NFLer. Jay Moore, we're here at the Mercado, Piedmontese, North 84th in Lincoln, and we are surrounded by phenomenal meat we're talking <laughs> steaks we're talking t-bones we're talking uh the the double bone pork chop that i'm going to smuggle out of here they are incredible and we want to uh see you out here at the mercado piedmontese hail varsity roadshow we're here till six and uh we're excited to be out and uh, spend some time with the good folks here uh, with Piedmontese and uh, the Mercado. So what they got going now, and they're open till 7. And just to give you a little bit of a a location set up here with the Mercado, if you're uh, heading north on 84th, uh, that's a good thing if you're traveling from South Lincoln. If you're coming in from out of town, it's south of Cornhusker and uh, just uh, north of the Lancaster Event Center, and uh, just a, a bit uh, south of, excuse me, north of the of Havelock Avenue. Our boy Joe is here to. Uh, and he we put got a it, special delivery. We, here. we do, and, and Jay Moore, you are a, a big, uh, burly uh, football player. So you've got a brat in front of you. You've got hot links, and you've got the kielbasa in in front of you. <laughs> and you're like, this is a pretty good thing. I know. Yeah. I know. We're all just furious. With no football, no Tennessee, Chattanooga, no Wisconsin. We're making do. You have grill weather tomorrow. We invite you out to the Mercado with Piedmontese and get things picked up. So they have ready-to-eat chuck roasts. They have brisket, perfect for game day. And uh, you don't have to hassle with it. If you want to throw it on your smoker, put it on your grill. Uh, The Mercado here can take care of you. Their sausage is made in-house. All beef chorizo, bratwurst, kielbasa. Italian sausage, and of course the Louisiana hot link. The hot link is what I'm pointing at right now. I know this is radio, but Jay's about ready to, to, to throw a, a left tackle out of the way and dive in. And the Casa Bovina is the uh, restaurant here with Piedmontese. Open Thursday through Sunday from 5 to 9. Reservations. Uh, of course, your friends here at uh, Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese beef. The official beef of the Huskers. Jay, what a week it's been. Football season is is here. You had a you had a show uh, with Big Red wrap up that we're getting ready for Wisconsin this week, and then uh, let's hit the air brakes. Yeah, that was uh, 
the old okie doke. <laughs> the rug was pulled right underneath you. It was 2020. I mean, it was, well, it's crazy. We recorded on, you know, we do the show on mm-hmm. Tuesday night, but that's kind of when you started hearing, you know, from the Wisconsin, you know, the, uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that, mm-hmm. you know, that there was a possibility this game was gonna, not going to be played. But, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you're just like, excuse me? What, like, what? What? Huh? Like, okay, you hear, you know, then it's, like, you know, Graham Mertz tests, you know, he tests. You know, uh, the anti digest comes back and it's positive, and you're like, okay, well, okay, what's what's the situation now? But you're like, okay, well, how many total cases they have? You kind of look into it, and you're just like, okay, can this thing still be played? And obviously, you know, Wisconsin decided not to play in all. I mean, they were the Big Ten. You they're going to they work on with twenty. I think they'll end up with twenty plus cases. To be honest it's with you, probably. I mean, it could be, it could be, but I, I, that's what I'm still like confused on is like the whole running seven day totals. Like, what what is the, the number to get to the red red? I mean, I still don't. I mean, it's like. Uh, it's still confusing to me, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm doing my, you know, with my more to it pod, I'm doing a, mm-hmm. you know, a preview pod that, and then it gets sent out, you know, Tuesday afternoon to come out Wednesday morning, and well, then you hear Wednesday morning that no games will be played, so <laughs> there's no, there's no preview pod. So it's, uh, it's, it is, it is crazy, you know. And initially, I'm, I'm mad at Wisconsin, you know. I'm like, <laughs> you know, hey, take care of your, take care of your business. Yeah. But you know what? Like, you can be mad at Wisconsin, but ultimately. You got to be mad at the Big Ten, like they 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 you know mess this up. They mess this up from day one. This is what happens when you try to squeeze in eight games into eight weeks and no bye weeks. You know, I mean, you just seen. It. I mean, even with the ACC and SEC, those games have to been rescheduled because of, of cases. You Florida, Notre Dame, so on, and, and you go on. And you knew this was going to be the issue, but they were, you know, I don't know if it's stubborn was is the right word, but ultimately, you know. You know what? What third or uh, twelve of the schools didn't really want to play football, so you know they tried to make it as strict as possible and, and as difficult as possible. And it said, "Hey, you, you, you take care of your business. You want your eight games in." But you know what? Wisconsin hasn't taken care of their business. You know, Illinois now uh, has an uptick in uh, in cases, so we'll be interested to see what happens with their game this week with Purdue. But overall, um, extremely, extremely frustrating, extremely, extremely maddening, and you just you know you just you want. You only have so many games. You want to be able to watch them and capitalize on them. And Nebraska is is, is moving up. They're, you can tell that they're getting better, and you want to see them play uh, a good football team, Wisconsin. You don't get that opportunity now. You don't get that. I mean, that's it's done deal. You know, you're not going to get the rest uh, of the season. So uh, it's just my, it's baffling sometimes, and it's, it's very very frustrating that the Big Ten just totally screwed this up from day one. It's, it's very on brand here for the Big Ten to, to not have their bleep together. Chris Schmidt, Jay Moore, Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday. We are here at the Mercado. Uh, just an incredible uh, stop for you with your friends here at Piedmontese ser- serving certified Piedmontese beef that's USDA prime grade tenderness. And uh, we've got some sausages here that uh, the good chef Tony made for us. Jay's uh, rocking uh, an original Coca-Cola. And uh, Kristen and Joe are staring at the uh, the short ribs. Those are my thing on the smoker. Uh, it's awesome. We're here till 6 in uh, Piedmontese, the Mercado. Uh, their butcher shop for you here is open, North 84th, 10 to 7 every day. So grill out tomorrow and watch football. We should be grilling out, watching, getting ready for Nebraska, Wisconsin. We should be grilling, getting ready for uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. That got shot down. So Nebraska has been painted (laughs) roughly again this week by uh, the national media. They have been attacked by Pat Forty. It's the same same, starting rep. It's the same three guys. 
It is. Uh, it's the same guys over and over. That's Dan Wetzel with Yahoo. I didn't. His column had some some negativity, but he didn't knife Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Pat Forty has taken every mention in his Twitter feed personally from uh, from Nebraska fans that are that are ready to beat him with an inch of his life. <laughs> Not literally, of course, that would be illegal. And then there's uh, our big-eared friend down south, Paul Feinbaum. Feinbaum yesterday with Greenberg had his teeth showing towards the Big Ten. Here's what Feinbaum said, Feinbaum said about the Big Ten yesterday, and that tune changed earlier today, but here's yesterday. Please don't anyone misunderstand me. Safety is paramount here. But the Big Ten has just made one mistake after another by shutting down in, in August, by sitting there wasting time and then suddenly watching everyone else play and go, you know what, maybe we need to get back into it. You heard Ryan Day, you heard uh, Frost at Nebraska. So the presidents of the Big Ten said, OK, uh, we will let you come back, but we're going to make it more difficult. And they overshot the runway. Uh, there's no reason uh, to go 21 days. I mean, if you're if you're still sick after, between 10 and 14 days, you don't come back. But with no bye weeks in the Big Ten, that's the key here, Greeny. There's no room for error, and, and, and the Big Ten has already shot itself in the foot because Wisconsin will have a very difficult time getting to the Big Ten championship game now because of this. Don't disagree. And Wisconsin is a good football team. I think Barry and... And the insurance salesman, um, they would have played with their kicker at quarterback because they could have ran ISOs for, for 12 straight drives. That's Barry's mentality. That's Paul Chris's mentality. They grow them big, and they're a, a line of scrimmage football team. So it's not ideal. Mertz makes them really good. But I don't believe Wisconsin was ducking Nebraska. The fact the Big Ten... Let uh, the Huskers and, and the Moose proceed with trying to schedule a game only to say, yeah, guess what, you're not going to get the play, is a joke. 24 hours later, Paul Feinbaum put his knife away on the Big Ten and needed to get trendy. Needed to get trendy with the rest of some talking heads and uh, call out Nebraska. This is from earlier, Paul Feinbaum on the Huskers. Nebraska is a total embarrassment these days, Greeny. Uh, I don't even know where to begin other than to say they've been in the Big Ten for 10 years, and the only major championship they've won is the league's biggest crybaby. And the athletic director, in trying to defend playing Chattanooga, said, well, it could be an important data point for the CFP. Nebraska and the CFP, I've got a better chance of winning the country's most sexiest man than Nebraska (laughs) has of going to the CFP this year. You know, Feinbaum is catering, is trying to get viewership, is trying to rile you up as a Nebraska fan. That's what Pat Forty's doing. That's what the national media is doing. Guess what? Scott Frost in Nebraska will remember and keep their head down. They will focus on Northwestern. And when Nebraska gets good again, and all these media jerk stores want to sit and do a feature good luck Mm -hmm. good luck scott frost may do that because there's no such thing as bad promotion nebraska is a talking point i think nebraska is probably admired uh by those who matter in college football 
And I think, honestly, Nebraska is probably admired by those in the Big Ten that matter, those that want to play football, because what you have right now is a bit of a division. You've got the geeks, you've got the jocks, and right now the Big Ten's more worried about how they look uh, in, in, in this worldly view than they are about getting their, their, their blink straight with uh, running a football league and getting through a pandemic season. I'm not criticizing Wisconsin for, for tapping out at all. you, you got to do it. If, if Illinois has to end up doing that because of, uh, of, of a COVID rampage, I get it. But the fact that Nebraska was just trying to take care of their student-athletes and play, and Nebraska was trying to, again, take the bullet for everybody else. Hey, let us play a game. Let us do a makeup game, please, because guess what? No one's going to get through this thing unscathed, and the reason we're back is so Ohio State can go try and win a title. That's the big picture, and the Big Ten needs to get their eyes checked. Yeah, the frustrating thing with all this is when you look at it as a whole, Nebraska just wants to play football. That's all they want to do. That's what they're here to do. That's what Frost, that's what his players, and he wants to, he wants to stand up for his players. He wants to provide them an opportunity to, to, to do what they came here to do. And whether, whether it's at a conference, in conference, they want to play. And from day one, Nebraska has been chastised for wanting to play football, other than Ohio State and maybe Iowa. You know, it came to the vote. But it's, everyone just wants to pile on. And it's, we're, you know what? It, because it's kind of lo- Nebraska's low-hanging fruit right now. You know, they're not, they're not very good. Easy to pile on. Right, right. You know, they're not very good. And so, hey, what are you trying to do here in Nebraska? You guys aren't that good. Why don't you just fall, fall in line and do what you're told? You know what? That's not what we do. <laughs> you know, we, don't, we want to play. And, and, and for, we've done everything. And the safety and everything, we've been, we've been on point with everything. We've done everything that we've, they've, they've asked us to do. And we get piled on from it, whether it's was forty, Feinbaum, uh, Wolken. You, you just go down the, you just go down the line, and these guys just have these these takes, and it's it's, it's lazy takes because it's it's low hanging fruit, you know, and um, it's frustrating. It's extremely extremely you know frustrating. What? The, the, the fact that Nebraska has been mentioned or a topic with uh, ESPN in the morning and then the afternoon, and our old buddy Lars Anderson's down in Bama. I mean, he's a national guy. He gets it, but he's from here. The national guys don't take the time to understand what this is about. You know what? What's Nebraska's benefit playing Ch- Tennessee Chattanooga? It's another game. Uh, it, it's it's more it's more than a scrimmage, but not really. Right. It's it's getting your kids out on the field because that's what you said you'd do as a, as a university is you'd uh, take care of them and you'd have a chance to play major college football. It was about. The economy. It, it's about the state. It's about local, and it's about this state because this state needs football, and this football team needs the state. I mean, it's it's a unique spot, and unless you're from here, you really don't understand. And it's easy to get in line and pile on, and, and you're wrong. Take the time to get educated versus being a bunch of sheep that uh, criticizes, complains, and makes fun of. And, and that's just it. They're showing their ignorance about not knowing well, Nebraska. If, if anyone knows how important football is, Feinbaum should know because it's everything to the SEC. It is. It is, every, it is everything. And, and, and just because you've had a few teams in the Big Ten that, wanna, that stand up for themselves and say, hey, we want to play, everybody wanted to get play except for maybe Vanderbilt in the SEC. 
Let's, well, you know, and Vandy's coach wants to play. Right. You know, and, and I'm just, you know, talking, yeah. you know, you, you talk about the nerds versus the jocks. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, um, it's just, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's just, again, it's easy, low-hanging fruit that uh, they just like to pile on right now. And I can't wait till, you know, they want, they want to get some of us when we're, we're better. Hey, good luck. You know, and uh, we'll uh, check in with Derek Peterson from Hale Varsity. He is out covering Kearney Catholic. A uh, little Harburg update on the way. Danny Burke's best bets this hour. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, has two grenades in each hand, and he is ready to launch next hour. And then our friend Clausburn will be back uh, in the second hour. Come see us here. We're out here at the Mercado. Piedmontese, the uh, butcher shop, is where we're at here till 6, uh, North 84th in Lincoln. A quick time out, Hale Varsity on the road. Meat Sweat Friday continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back here at Hale Varsity Radio Road Show Friday. Uh, we have deemed it Meat Sweat Friday. We are here at Piedmontese, the Mercado, the butcher shop here, North 84th uh, in Lincoln. If you're uh, coming to town soon for football, guess what? You can uh, swing on by the Mercado open till 7 every day. Certified Piedmontese beef that's the USDA prime grade tenderness. Jay and I are, are crushing their in-house sausage. The uh, kielbasa is beef and beautiful. The brat is just lovely. And the hot links is, is amazing. <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're all so good. And, and we're drinking um, Coca-Cola. And we're going to have to go Forrest Gump here and drink us 15 <laughs> or so to put the fire on. This, this yeah. hot link is great. But get down here. Uh, an amazing weekend of weather in store. And I know we're all bent out of shape about no Nebraska, Wisconsin, or no Chattanooga. But uh, on Twitter, at Schmidt underscore radio, at Hale Varsity is where you can find some of the picks. They've got double bone pork chop. They have uh, ready-to-eat chuck roast and brisket. Uh, the steaks are... Uh, about as thick as you want. They're incredible. I have done my best to try and make Derek Peterson the pride of Oklahoma hungry as he is out uh, in Kearney checking out uh, Mr. Harburg and Kearney Catholic. Dr. Petey, good to speak with you. How are you, bud? Uh, I'm hungry now. I'm sitting in my car. The game ended about 20 minutes ago. Um, and I was thinking, am I going to stop and get some food on my way home? I got a two-hour drive ahead of me, or am I going to have dinner with the wife when I get home? Can I wait that long? And and I was kind of thinking, I might be able to wait that long. And then after listening to you, I think you were just trying to drive me crazy. Now I'm definitely getting food before I go home. Well, you know, what you got to do for the lovely wife is, <laughs> is swing by here and get something for the grill. Or uh, or air fryer. They got wings too, man. I mean, it's it's awesome. We Dr. had a, Petey, we had a steak go ahead. dinner. Sorry, we had a steak dinner earlier this week uh, that she actually prepared, and it was splendid. Oh, I bet that is so sweet. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> Having your lovely wife prepare food for you. I mean, my mind. I, I can't tell you much about mine. Love you, dear. Okay, uh, Derek. Let's uh, dive into some football. 
And this week's been a insane roller coaster. It's been very on 2020 brand. And uh, what's your take? Uh, you know, how did you kind of cipher through and react to not only Nebraska's reaction with Wisconsin, but, you know, what's your view on Nebraska's proactivity trying to get a game tomorrow and then the Big Ten's response? How did you uh, process all of it? Um, well, going back to Wisconsin's response, I thought it was I, I thought it was responsible. Um, mm-hmm. I was on the Zoom call with Barry Alvarez and Paul Chris on Wednesday, and you could you could sense the disappointment in Paul Chris. Um, you could just see it on his face, and I thought Heather Dennis from ESPN asked a really good question. She asked Barry Alvarez, like, how do you balance? wanting to watch your team that had a, an amazing um, season opener against Illinois with, you know, having to follow health and safety protocols. And Barry said, look, I think we have a really, really good team, but this is this has to take priority for us right now. Um, so I think them, I, I think what they did was preventative, which is what you have to do with this virus. Um, and it, it for them, it means that they might be able to have a full or fuller season than what might have been the case if they had said, you know what, we're going to keep practicing. We're going to try to play this game this week and get in as many as we can before we have to shut down. I think what they did was this, it, I think it showed leadership, honestly. Um, and I think from Nebraska, Nebraska's perspective, it obviously sucks because you wanted to play a game and you felt like you were moving in the right direction after um well, maybe not moving in the right direction, but you, there were some positive signs after Ohio State, and, and it, it sucks from Nebraska's perspective that they were one of the teams that so badly wanted to play football and, and you know, seemingly did uh, what was asked of them and what was required of them to make that a reality, and they're the first team impacted by this in the Big Ten. Um, it sucks. I don't think there's a conspiracy, but, you know, the, the Chattanooga thing, um, I... I don't know. I mean, if if they were if Chattanooga was was testing and following protocols that were more stringent, which is what Moose said in that release, than mm-hmm. even the Big Ten, um, I, I think you can kind of rationalize that. The thing that I thought was interesting in the release that Nebraska sent out was um, the comment about how that was deemed um, like a baseline standard for bringing a non-conference opponent. Like that was a an absolute must for bringing a non-conference opponent to Lincoln, which when I read it, I thought, okay, does that mean that they, they, the Nebraska and the big 10 had already had this conversation or the big 10 had had this conversation with schools and said, here's a baseline standard where if we need a fallback, this is, these are standards that you absolutely have to meet. If we're even going to consider this, that's kind of the way I interpreted it, which for them to then turn around and say, no, it's, it's a little strange, I think, um, but at the same time, you know, they have said since, what, July, we're only playing conference opponents for yeah. this reason, this reason, and this reason. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a dumb week. Um, I hope everybody in Wisconsin, you know, I, I hope nobody has any negative um, effects of contracting the virus. I hope everybody recovers. I hope Wisconsin's able to play as many games this season as possible. Um, I hope Purdue's not affected next week, and I hope Nebraska can can return to the field against Northwestern next week. 
Derek Peterson's with us. He is out in Kearney. He was covering Mr. Harburg and Kearney Catholic at Dr. PDHV's where you read. Derek does an amazing job covering Nebraska. Uh, was on that uh, Zoom call with Wisconsin earlier in the week. There's just been a, a lot of knives out nationally for Nebraska. They don't, I don't think the national folks take the time to, to get where Nebraska's coming from. They want to play and do it safely. The Big Ten's been uh, very poor with communication, and uh, there's just not been a, a lot of clarity on things. So I don't have a problem with Nebraska trying to, to, to ask for an opponent and, and fill a void for Saturday, not only to get the kids to play, but the other side of that being you have the local and state economy that does uh, does revolve a lot around football, and that was a, another thought. Derek, uh, how do you view things? You're a guy that's covered the program for a number of years here, but you're also, you know, from uh, from Oklahoma, and that's awesome. You've got a, a really good perspective on college football. What's your take away when you hear some of the uh, the national guys get in line to pile on Nebraska and, and kind of just blow up at, at the Big Red for wanting to play ball? Um, so, like you said, I have that outside perspective. I didn't grow up here. I didn't go to school here. Um, that makes me at least a couple degrees removed from the echo chamber, I think, a little bit. Um, that tends to, you know, be created with, with any local beat. Um, I think from a national media perspective, they're always going to have a little bit more sensationalized view of a beat than what a beat writer will have because they're not, they're not reading everything that gets published. Like in Nebraska's case, they're not reading everything that gets published from, you know, Nebraska two, four, seven, right. They might read a couple of, of, of stories that uh, the tweets go viral from the Omaha world Herald. They're, They're kind of helicopter reporters in the sense that they don't, they don't have the full picture. And so whenever they start commenting on what's going on, it's always going to be sensationalized. Um, and then there's the element of, you know, wanting to drive engagement and being clickbaity and all of that. Um, I think fine bomb in general is, is pretty clickbaity. Um, he's, he's pretty sensationalized when he's not talking about the SEC. But when I think about it, like if Nebraska would like for, for folks outside of the state to stop making fun of them, Nebraska needs to stop making it so easy. Um, I like, Nebraska joined the conference 10 years ago, and for the last 10 years, it has benefited from the Big Ten. And the Big Ten has not necessarily seen those same benefits from Nebraska, at least not to the degree that it thought it was going to be getting. When Nebraska joined the conference, the Big Ten thought it was going to be getting a team that was going to be regularly beating Ohio State or Wisconsin or Michigan in the Big Ten championship. They thought it was going to get a marquee program that was going to be a perennial top 25 team that was going to be really good and boost its brand. And so far, Nebraska hasn't been that. Nebraska has been a, a team that national media can laugh at and poke fun at. And, you know, I mean, we understand the reasons why that's been. We understand the nuance of the situation. But, you know, 50,000 feet, that's, that's what it looks like. So I just I, – I, I've taken the, the view that Nebraska is not – it's not understood – from a national perspective, I get that. I, I don't necessarily even 
understand it to the degree to the degree that people that grew up here and went to school here and are now covering the team do. And I, and I acknowledge that, but I just think Nebraska needs to start having some success on the field before being as loud as it is. Right? Nebraska was four and eight three years ago, and then it was four and eight two years ago, and then it was five and seven last year. And this year it started 0-1, and, and the one loss wasn't competitive. It was, it was fine for 30 minutes, and then Ohio State wasn't playing its starters in the fourth quarter. Like, at some point, Nebraska is going to have to produce on the field before it can have the kind of megaphone that Ohio State has. Because Nebraska didn't win national championships with the Big Ten flag behind it. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten doesn't care. It's, it's, what have you done for me lately? And for Nebraska, it hasn't been much. And so until they start winning and producing, I don't think people are going to, quote-unquote, understand Nebraska. Derek Peterson's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Yep, Nebraska needs to do their job on the field, and uh, that's uh, the work in progress. Dr. Petey, real quick, on Meat Sweats Friday, what, uh, what type of steak guy are you? About 30 seconds. What are you picking out of the cold case? Uh, whatever, as long as it's rare to medium rare. Well, yeah, you got that right. I mean, it's got to be rare. But but yeah. what are you a ribeye? Are you a strip? Are you a fillet? Um, if I had to choose, I'd take fillet. Okay, good work. I like fillets. Dude's just like, give me something with some bone. Love it. <laughs> Safe travels to you, brother. Thanks for your time today. Good work. I appreciate it, man. There he is. Derek Peterson, the pride of Oklahoma. We're here at uh, the Mercado. Piedmontese, come see us. North 84th here till 6. Best bets on the way with Danny Burke. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Back to you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Friday here at Piedmontese, the Mercado. It's just an awesome uh, stop place to stop and get that meat for the weekend. Going to be great weather. We say hi to the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. He's with VEASAN. There's a daily show out in Chicago, also weekend radio and TV, because Danny's pretty. How are you, Danny? Good to talk to you, man. That didn't creep you out, did it? <laughs> <laughs> no, Shreddy. I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. I'm just bumming out for all us Husker fans here. We get no game this weekend, man, but, you know, at least we get some Big Ten football. But uh, I guess we're looking ahead to Evanston for Nebraska. No, and, and I, I can hear you talking. Had there have been football against Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska and the unders are bleeping gorgeous. I can just hear you. I can hear your voice <laughs> in my mind with what could have been. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Rona did their thing and, and no uh, Tennessee Chattanooga either. So we'll focus and accentuate the positive, Danny Burke, on some college football thoughts. And I know you'll be on the scene next weekend in Evanston. Uh, you may even 
even like hide and pretend you're a bush and find your way in the stadium, uh, just suggesting. But uh, there is uh, Northwestern and Iowa. Let's go there this weekend. It's Iowa City. Both these teams really don't like one another. And uh, right now, Iowa's minus two and a half as the Hawkeyes are trying to bounce back. Northwestern looks incredible with Ramsey at quarterback. What do you see for this ball game this weekend? Yeah, so going into the season, Schmidt, and I know you and I have talked about this a decent amount, at least in terms of this Iowa team. Now, we both assumed, at least I'm like recalling our conversation, that we both kind of thought Iowa would be a little bit on the decline this season just based on turning over that roster, filling in a new quarterback, offensive line turnover, uh, receiving weapons, whatever it may be. It seemed like it was going to be a tough season for this Iowa team regardless. And last week, I actually wasn't going to bet him, and then I ended up doing it once Rondale Moore was announced that he was going to be out because that line was still at about three, three and a half. So I just thought it was still a good price. And despite that, as we know, pretty still got the impressive win. So I, I think you have to be a little careful here with the recency bias. I know it's tough because, one, it's college football in, in its entirety. That's just tough to handicap. And, two, because we only have one week of sample size. So Northwestern, yes, they look fantastic, but it's against this Maryland team that I think you just put a fat question mark on them after what happened at the beginning of last season then they completely flipped over who knows what's going to happen with them this season in terms of Iowa yes I thought they were going to struggle but I don't know if it's going to be just an absolute embarrassment and I look this is an overreaction too just based on the lack of roster or talent that was part of the game for uh for Purdue but now that you're under the key number three I wonder if there's almost a little bit of value on this Iowa team I'm personally not going to bet it in this spot committee the way that I looked at this game was in terms of the total and I luckily because we make our bets on Tuesday when we submit them for a competition I got the best of the numbers so what I did I took the under in the spot at 48 you've seen that now drop to 46 46 and a half looks like it's the best number out there right now even 45 and a half it's getting as low as so if you do want to jump on that I'd suggest doing it now historically these teams going against each other it is a slower pace game a lower scoring game and that's just classic Big Ten football and that's kind of what I assume is going to happen on this Iowa defense, I assume, is going to still just be continuous and filling spots and plugging in where they've lost players on that side of the ball. And I'm not going to overreact right away to this Northwestern offense putting up 43. They will be improved. Let's not be wrong. But I just think it's going to be a closer game, as indicated by the point spread. I think it's going to be a slower pace. So I went with the under in this spot, thinking that it's just going to be your classic Big Ten beatdown. Pride of Chicago's Danny Burke. Burke's best bets at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Uh, Last thought here on college before the NFL, Missouri, Florida. This looks pretty fun. Yeah, Mizzou and Florida, I played another total in this spot. Now, Florida hasn't played since October 10th because of COVID reasons, so that's the unfortunate aspect of this game. But I looked at the total over 61, and I think it can still get a lot of numbers at about 61 and a half. And the reason is being that it's still there and hasn't moved, considering how Florida's played offensively and defensively is because of COVID and not exactly sure who's going to be making up the roster and whatnot. But you look at the stats for both of these teams, uh, Mizzou's averaging 24 points per game. They allow 31 on the other side the Gators average 42 points per game and allow 33 they get 342 passing yards per game, but they allow 331. And how about the rushing game, too? Uh, Florida is allowing 164 rushing yards per game, and Mizzou does pretty well on the ground, getting up 149 rushing yards themselves. I think it's going to be a battle to the end here. And even if Florida offensively is missing some key pieces, think how bad that Florida defense has been. If there's a game where Mizzou could at least put up 30, 34, 35 in that range, Florida, you got to imagine, still can do its part enough to contribute to get 
get over that mark of 61. So it hasn't really moved, meaning you're either seeing a lot of public money on the over and the sharps are hitting it back with the under where it's kind of just canceling out or just not a lot of people are interested enough to move the line. So uh, I think it's a good spot taking advantage of a lower total with this Gators team. Both both offenses just put up a ton of yards and that can translate into points. And I like your point about, you know, knocking some rust off if you're Florida. Missouri, Missouri scored on just about everybody and uh, they're, they're, they're sneaky better than I thought they'd be. Mm-hmm. Danny Burke is with us at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter is where you find him and you, you catch him with the Vizen Sports Network uh, daily show, Rush Hour, and of course uh, with Fox, uh, NFL pregame coverage with the Bears. Danny, uh, a quick take on some NFL. Three games that are interesting. Got a couple of minutes left here and this is uh, probably the best game in the AFC this weekend and that's Pittsburgh and Baltimore and uh, what what is in, what is what's of interest for you with this ball game minus four Ravens right now? Yeah, so this game's very intriguing just because you're getting two great defenses. In terms of DVOA overall defensive efficiency, Pittsburgh ranks second. Baltimore is third. Pitt's allowing 19.7 points per game. Baltimore's allowing 17.3. Offensively, they're pretty neck and neck, too. 17th in DVOA overall offense. Baltimore's 19th. Pitt's putting up 30 and a half points per game. Baltimore's scoring 30. Uh, here's the thing. Pitt's 6-0 and straight up and 5-1 and against the spread. Baltimore 5 and 1 straight up 3 and 3 against the spread. The only issue that I'm a little skeptical of betting the Ravens here cuz this number did open about 5 and a half like you said has dropped down to 4 so attention has been going to the Steelers. This Ravens team just seems like they haven't had the same smooth rhythm as we saw last year. Maybe our expectations are just so high because of what we saw last season, but they've gotten out to a little bit of slower starts against some of these inferior teams. For that, I would take the Steelers. It's not going to be a best bet. I would lean in that direction, or I would tease up the Steelers as a short dog here. But it's certainly going to be a really good game to look forward to. And it could be high scoring just because even though their defenses are really good, so are their offenses. At least Pittsburgh is too surprisingly really efficient offensively. Eddie Lean with San Francisco and Seattle. Seattle dropped a game they had that they lost. And 49ers, I mean, that was a tough road trip that they won in New England last weekend. Yeah, yesterday at Bet Rivers, this number actually dropped down to two and a half. So I jumped on the Seahawks there, Schmitty. Now it's back up to them laying three. But look, I think there could be a decent amount of recency bias with the 49ers here, having a couple good wins against the Patriots and against the Rams. Now people are thinking, oh, maybe the 49ers are back to that Super Bowl team. Not so fast. I think the Seahawks here are still a solid team enough at home to cover that number of two and a half. But like I said, it's that three would still lean in that direction. Their defense is atrocious. Yes, I understand that. But I'll Defensively, I think they're going to do enough to be able to move the ball against this 49ers defense. Don't trust Jimmy G maybe in this tougher game. And really when it comes down to it too, I mean, it's kind of just I don't see the Seahawks losing back-to-back here. So I, I like Seattle in this game if you can still get them at the shorter price of two and a half or three. Danny Burke, Prime of Chicago. Danny, have a great weekend. Thanks for jumping on. You betcha, Schmidt. You as well. Thanks for having me on as always. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio Road Show Friday. It's Meat Sweat Friday. We're here at the Mercado. Your friends at Piedmontese have an amazing butcher shop here, North 84th. We invite you out. We're here till six. They are open daily from ten to seven each day here. The Mercado with uh, your friends here at Certified Piedmontese Beef. It's USDA Prime grade for tenderness. Jay, uh, we have been eating the sausage that's made in-house. The brats are great. Beef, 
The hot link sausage is Louisiana beautiful. And then the kielbasa. I mean, even Howard Stern would give you a fist bump with the kielbasa. <laughs> the kielbasa is my favorite. That's the best. Like, that's my favorite one. That's good. Just incredible. We invite you out. We're here till 6. Come see us here at the Mercado. Piedmontese, uh, we are just uh, on North 84th, north of Havelock Avenue. If you're heading north uh, towards Cornhusker. And uh, it is it is just phenomenal. What a what a great setup here the folks at Piedmontese have. And a reminder, they have ready to eat chuck roasts and brisket for you to pick up. No hassle, no mess. Perfect for game day. Uh, of course, the sausage made in house. And then we've tweeted out pictures. They've got the double uh, bone-in pork chop. They've got all the beef cuts you want. Uh, they've got short ribs here that are going to be on my smoker soon. So that is awesome. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. And uh, if you're looking for a uh, home in Lincoln or the surrounding community, West Blue Realty can help. And uh, when you mention Hale Varsity, you can get up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider can help as well. Kelly's outstanding, 402 402- 202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. WestBlueRealty.com. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Bill Dolman's coming up. Clausburn in the forecast. Derek Peterson. Dr. Petey from Hale Varsity. He's got a little bit outside perspective on uh, just kind of the, the the arrows Nebraska's taken. And, and Jay, you're a guy that, that gets it. we got about a minute here, and we'll, we'll jump into this with Bill, but I, I don't think Nebraska as a program, Nebraska led by Scott Frost, Nebraska led by Bill Moose, I don't think they're complaining or loud for the sake of being loud. I think they oh. get keeping their head down and, and working. And, yes, Nebraska needs to win on the field, but there's just been so much. <laughs> and that's why they wanted to schedule another game. Like exactly. They're trying to win football games. There's, there's so they're trying much. to get back to what they're, they're trying to build something yeah there's so much uh, there's been an issue of momentum in the program right and there's been a, a lot of issues with momentum even with since coach Ross took over just crazy acts of god type stuff yeah you gotta now you, you know, have a first, pandemic yeah, right his first game gets canceled because because of, of lightning and a big storm yeah i mean what he's dealing with now it's it's crazy i mean you can't you can't you can't write you know you can write a, a book on you know, the, it's, the called, stuff. it's called the Book of Revelation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, no, I mean, I like Derek's take. And uh, I think Nebraska, within the program, is the first to go. You know, I keep our head down and, and uh, play ball. Uh, but the fan base is, is wanting that as well. So we'll see where we go. Uh, no football this weekend. That makes me sad. But uh, hopefully uh, – so we'll get uh, some thoughts here from Clausburn on the forecast. Bill Dolman's on the way. And uh, we will also have Elijah Herbal jump in on uh, part of the forecast. You have your, your games. You got your picks ready. Oh, yeah. We are ready. That is uh, important. Come see us. Piedmontese, the Mercado, an amazing butcher shop. We're here till 6, North 84th here on Hale Varsity.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you back. We are here at uh, Piedmontese, the Mercado, here on North 84th, the most amazing butcher shop. We have smiled and ate and meat sweats are kicking in, the brats, the hot link sausage, the kielbasa. Man, it's incredible. And uh, we invite you out to the Mercado here. Piedmontese, of course, your official beef of the Huskers. And uh, listen, uh, I know there's no football this weekend. We are all ticked about it. It's okay. They have ready-to-eat chuck roast and brisket to go here. If you want to make it yourself, they will gladly hook you up with all the chuck roast and brisket you want. The bone-in pork chops, the New York strips, the filet mignon, the ribeyes, and uh, my favorite, the uh, pot roast on a stick, the beef ribs. Are incredible. Those are going on my smoker. But uh, you're invited out. A, a full meat case. Of course, they have ground beef as well. Steaks, roasts. Beef bacon. It's a lot like pastrami. <laughs> and it's incredible. So uh, you're invited out here. Check out the Mercado. And uh, your friends here with certified Piedmontese beef. Uh, raised right here in Nebraska. We welcome in a uh, proud Nebraskan. The Pride of Fairbury is with us, Bill Dolman, and just imagine what if somebody got a hold of some gummies and then seven pounds of kielbasa <laughs> sausage could happen. Billy D, nice to spend some time with you. How are you? It's good to talk to the folks back in the good old U.S. of A. and uh, God's country in Nebraska. You know, we're doing we're doing fine out here. Nobody uh, really is missing football all that much. In fact, uh, I think Colorado State played last night. Uh, there's a rumor. Well, there's a rumor that Colorado has a football program, and if it does, that they are, might play sometime here uh, coming up. But, again, that's just kind of a rumor. It is a rumor. And what, what do you think, from what you've been able to absorb this week between Wisconsin and uh, the, the, the COVID outbreak, and then Bill Moose in Nebraska trying to get a game for tomorrow, not only to, to, to let them play, but also you've got the, the economic impact, even with no fans in the stands, and then the Big Ten shutting things down here. I'm sure you have a take or two on things. You know, I, I'm, I, I just, it, I'm mystified at the vitriol directed toward Nebraska. I, I, I just, you know, I've been in this a long time, and I kind of got it before I got into this business 30 years ago as to what the the media was all about. And even back then, it just, you know, why why are there shots taken at, at Nebraska going back 30-plus years? And, and I, I, I've said it often on this show and back on the Average Joe Sports Show and just in conversations with people, I, I still just don't think people outside of Nebraska get Nebraska. And then maybe that, it, honestly, it's not for everyone. It, it must really ring true because I, I just, you know, I, I don't understand how the Paul Feinbaums and the Pat Forties and 
the Mark Blanchens from years back, uh, you know, can take these shots from ivory towers when they've never really spent a lot of time here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking here as in, you know, the, the closest thing to heaven, that'd be Nebraska, to understand, you know, what the people are all about, what football, and not just football, but what sports and their Husker athletics mean to the people, and they, and they can just sit there and take these shots. And I told this story before, you know, many years ago, and I don't remember what the controversy was. I don't think it was Lawrence Phillips back in the 90s, but Mark Blanchin worked broke for the uh, Boston Globe and I think some national papers and, and took some shots at Nebraska that were awful, you know, very similar to what we've read from 40 and heard from Feinbaum in the last uh, month or last 24 hours. And then he writes this, this, this awful story, and then a couple weeks later comes into town for a game, and it happened to be in the, the press box in Don Bryant's office before a game, and he's there to cover it. And he pulls Bill Byrne aside, and he apologizes for the article, the column that he wrote. I'm like, okay, that's one thing to apologize to Bill Byrne, but why not apologize to you know, 1.5 million people? that you've offended by an article. It's, it's like, you know, you see this today in this day and age in journalism where, where major papers will write an article that's completely false, and then five days later they'll write a, a correction and it's in a small paragraph on page 26. You know, the damage has been done. And so I sit here and I'm going, well, I don't understand how Paul Feinbaum, Pat Forty, and, and others can t- continue to take the shots at Nebraska for simply wanting to play football. I mean, really, that is Nebraska's biggest crime over the last two months. Nebraska's done everything possible to be in line with whatever guidelines there are in this pandemic. Shouldn't the big story this week be what happened at Wisconsin? Why did it happen to Wisconsin? What did they do right? What did they do wrong? What can we learn? No, that is the sideline story to Nebraska wants to play a game. And it's been that way since you know the beginning of august and i just don't understand why nebraska is and i and i i, I hate to, to say this why is nebraska you've got penn state and their problem michigan state and their problem tattoos at ohio state which really isn't that big in comparison to the previous two and now the biggest scandal in the big ten is nebraska wants to play football not that nebraska has has had 16 positive cases it's the fact that Nebraska is negative, has done everything right, and they want to play, and they found another team that is available. But that is like this major crime that put those other three examples aside. Nebraska's got to get out of the Big Ten because they want to play football with zero, with zero positive tests. I don't get it. Other than the clickbait that I've talked about as well, you know, with national media, you, who wants to say this? I'll say it, and I, 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 here's my take. This will really get people riled up, so they'll come back and listen to radio shows that aren't that people aren't listening to as much as they did before. No, you nailed but it. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports with us. It's okay. Uh, Nebraska fans, if you say something nice about them, they'll love you and check out your site. If you pile on Nebraska fans, the fan base, the Big Red Army is in line to defend their program and they're going to click and sound off on you bill uh, a, a thought with nebraska and the big 10 is this just a, another misunderstanding between nebraska 
and the conference when it comes to fit, uh, uh, and I'm not, th- this is not the nuclear button, but there's been a lot of things that have added up here in the last 10 years where Nebraska's been kind of on their own island, and I don't think they're necessarily alone. I think Ohio State is in the same zip code as Nebraska. I think Penn State's there. I think Iowa's there. I think Michigan's there when it comes to schools that want to play football and are proud that their front porch is their athletic uh, facility, i.e. the stadium. Uh, there's a lot of Gilbert and Lewis's, as you'd say, in the Big Ten, too, that are that, that, that are roadblocks here, and you've just got to disconnect. Will, will Nebraska and the Big Ten eventually start speaking the, the same language? And I'm not okay. piling on Nebraska. I think Nebraska's in the right. I've always thought that with uh, their voice to want to play. But the Big Ten's communication and leadership's been a, a bit of a joke. And Nebraska got proactive about tomorrow to get a fill-in. It got shot down. Is this just another misstep uh, of what could happen in 2025 as far as maybe shopping for a new home? Okay. Uh, Again, I don't have an opinion on this, but give me the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, The shot Uh, clock is right at 10. Okay. First of all, if this had happened to Ohio State, uh, probably not this week with Penn State, but – Let's let's just say it's this week, and is that that's who they play, right? Is Penn State? Mm-hmm. Yeah. ABC. Okay, okay. So let's say all of a sudden Penn State has to pull out of this game, and they go to find another opponent. Would the, would we be hearing the same cry uh, from the national media? Is Nebraska just the easy punching bag, and they're the ones that are out front taking the arrows for everybody else? I think Nebraska in addition to trying to play this week, was also trying to do everybody else a favor if they were to come into the similar situation. Look, we can't play this week. We're going to go find somebody. Ohio State, you really need to be on the lookout because you're the best hope for a national championship for this conference. If this is going to happen, this might be something you might want to look at. If this had been Ohio State this week, I got a feeling that the, that the national media would be saying, well, Ohio State should be allowed to play UT Chattanooga. What a great opportunity for the mocks. And it keeps Ohio State fine-tuned and in, uh, you know, on course for national title. But, no, it's Nebraska taking the arrows. All right, here's where I want some time. Because I, think that I, I really think that this relationship is getting, is getting fractured. And, and I've talked about conference realignment coming up in about 23, 24, maybe 25, with TV contracts and new TV players. Amazon might get involved. You might see Facebook, whatever the case might be, some major players. Mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be realignment. I've said this for a long time. But people are talking about, in fact, there's an article in the, in the Denver Post today, Mark Kislow, why is Colorado in the Pac-12 and what on earth was Nebraska doing going to the Big Ten? I don't understand why. Paul Feinbaum is talking about Nebraska needs to be kicked out of the Big Ten. Why are they there to begin with? People are forgetting what was happening in 2010 with conference realignment. And I'm going to tell you what my truth is because I lived it every single day at work for two years as a part of the Mountain West Network because every single conference realignment scenario in 2010 involved the Mountain West in some way. So I'm viewing this as a sportscaster, as an announcer, but also as somebody who's hoping to have a job when all is said and done. And as it turns out, that didn't happen all because of conference realignment. So we were acutely aware of what was happening and what the scenarios were going to be. And if people will remember, 
in 2010, it was Missouri that started saber-rattling the Big 12. They were the ones who lit the match. And they're saying, we're going to go to the Big 10. Missouri, okay? Tom Osborne, seeing the writing on the wall as to what's going to happen here with conference realignment, if that should happen, and seeing that the Big 12 was actually in a very fragile position at the time, especially financially with TV contracts and whatnot, Nebraska started going, we better find some place to land that's got some stability. So Tom takes those back channels to, you know, uh, back roads to Jim Delaney's place in North Carolina, and the deal gets done, right? Nebraska does it the right way. And I still say out of all the conference realignment that took place in 2010, that's the only one to this day that makes sense culturally. But Missouri was the one that wanted to go first, and the Big Ten said, we don't want you. You don't bring anything to the table. So now all of a sudden, Missouri is going to fracture the Big 12. Now, I can give you all these scenarios that were, that were transpiring during that period of time. You had Texas at one point, and I'll never forget this day, they were going to go to the Pac-12, and Texas was going to take with them Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and I believe Colorado. Texas A&M was also in the conversation, but Bill Byrne wasn't going to do what Texas wanted to do. So Colorado kind of got in there. And at that time, believe it or not, and this is not something that was really set in stone, but before Nebraska got into the Big Ten, I had conversations with people in the Mountain West and people at my network that said, you might want to prepare for Nebraska being in the Mountain West. Believe it or not. And you said, sweet. Right. Well, because it didn't look like the Big 12 was going to last. And the Big 10, nobody knew that that was going to happen. And Texas was going to take all these teams to the Pac-12. And there was also a time when Kansas was going to be out because it's all about football. It's not about Kansas basketball. So Kansas was going to be in the Mountain West. All right? I remember those conversations. Not that they were long-lasting, but it was like a day, 24-hour, 48-hour, back-channel news cycle type thing where you're talking about Nebraska in the Mountain West, Kansas in the Mountain West, Iowa State, Baylor, Missouri, Kansas State were going to be potentially in the Mountain West because Texas was taking all of these other teams to the Pac-12, right? So Nebraska is trying to get into the Big Ten. These are all these scenarios that are taking place. And BYU is wanting to leave the Mountain West because they think they're either going to go to the Pac-12 or the Big 12 and have their choice, which nobody wants BYU Meanwhile, Colorado gets taken. Utah ends up going to the Pac-12. Texas A&M was not going to go, was not going to stick around because of the Longhorn Network. Remember, they were going to take the Longhorn Network into College Station and do these games. Bill Burns said, no, that's not going to happen. I'm going to the SEC. Okay? So you had all of these teams. Remember, the Big 12 was trying to cobble together Louisville, Cincinnati, Memphis, Central Florida. Uh, They end up with West Virginia, which makes no sense. Great place. But I'm trying to paint this picture for people that for a a long period of time, while Nebraska was doing these backroom deals to get into the Big Ten, there was complete chaos in the Big 12 and in some of these other conferences. So when people say, Bill, 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 I I got a hard break. Give me five more minutes. Can you do that? All right. All right. Bill Dolman's with us. Go ahead. You want to take a break now? I've I've got to do that here shortly. It's... Yes, we are here at uh, Piedmontese. The Mercado is where we're... Bill, do you want me to take a picture of a, of, a, of a short rib for you? Send it your way? Yeah, take a picture of a sh- uh, with sugar, too. 
<laughs> you, you want sugar, huh? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll finish the story about Nebraska and the Big Ten and uh, eventually speaking the same language together. But uh, your experience, extremely unique. And uh, more from the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Jay Moore is here, Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Chris Schmidt on the road. The Mercado is where we're at. Piedmontese, Hale Varsity continues, Meat Sweat Friday. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Roadshow Friday, Meat Sweat Friday at the Mercado here at uh, Piedmontese. Bill Dolman's hanging on an extra couple of minutes for us. Uh, we asked Billy D about uh, Nebraska and the relationship with the Big Ten. Bill, you were laying out just the uncertainty 10 years ago, and you're forecasting more uncertainty here by the time media rights stuff gets handled for 2025. Do you think the, the Big Ten and some of the like-minded teams in the Big Ten, you know, teams that want to play football, uh, are, are fed up with current Big Ten leadership? Might they have their eye wonder a little bit? Well, I, I got to believe that there is a, a lack of confidence right now amongst uh, the athletic administration of the Big Ten, uh, athletic administrators of the Big Ten. Now, the Poindexters are probably okay with, with Kevin you know, Warren um, and whatever's going on. But uh, I really got to believe that there's got to be some guys looking around in boardrooms on Zoom calls going, what, what are we dealing with here? And what's our future going to be? Because we're losing some of the gravitas that we have had you know, in terms of where we were with Jim Delaney being arguably one of the most powerful people in all of sports to, you know, slipping behind the SEC um, in terms of uh, power being the power broker in college football. Last thought, Bill, would, could, could the Big 12 make a play for an Ohio State, a Nebraska, uh, a Penn State, an Iowa? And is Nebraska, you're, you're a firm believer, and I agree with you that Nebraska's brand and eyeballs still matter and voice still matters around the, the college football landscape, and we'll see where the team is at compared to the, the blue blood stra- stature and history of Nebraska to see if they can mesh again at one point. But, you know, where, where would some of the, the, the Big Ten teams go that may be frustrated? I mean, the Big Ten turns into the MAC without Ohio State and, and Penn State and Michigan. Well, I don't, I don't think any of those, those, those deep-seated teams in the Big Ten are going to go anywhere. Like like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and all that. That, that that's not going to happen. And the Big Ten is always going to be the Big Ten, even when there is some realignment. Uh, they'll probably they may call a region the Big Ten region. Who knows? That's yeah. not going to happen. But uh, but I could see a scenario where if the money's right, you know, again, and going back to that spot ten years ago, the big the the Big Ten. The only conversation that I could really see. While all that chaos was happening, the conversation was getting Nebraska in. And then the Big Ten Network was going to have that Nebraska brand, and that was going to help both institutions. And so Nebraska is going to go from, you know, what, $15, $20 million a year and uncertainty with the Big 12. And I, I gave you the teams I mean, mm-hmm. that, that were potentially going to be in the Big 12 
uh, that was that, so that money was going to go, or you go to the Big Ten and get potentially fifty million dollars in the Big Ten network. And that's really the only conversation I think that either side had was the Big Ten with Nebraska and Nebraska with the Big Ten. Meanwhile, there's all kinds of chaos going on around it. And so is it possible that if there's some more um, solidarity in the Big 12 down the road, even though there's no Big 12 network uh, and the money is right, maybe maybe I could see Nebraska potentially going back because uh, or going into that region, if you will, because things have gotten pretty fractured right now. Now, maybe it could all be healed and smoothed over. Life gets back to normal in 21 and 22, and, you know, all, is, all will be forgotten. But right now, it's more fractured now than I think anybody would have seen, and it's not going to be healed anytime soon, and, and that's unfortunate. But I, I just wish people would understand how chaotic or remember back to how chaotic it was in 2010 as to how Nebraska ended up in the Big Ten. It wasn't just something where Nebraska said, we're leaving the Big 12 and we're going to go to the Big Ten. That was Missouri's play, and it didn't work. And remember the last real dominoes that fell for me, was to give you an idea how wacky that was, was when the Big East, remember that conference with football, the Big East wanted Boise State and San Diego State. All right, that was that was the end of my network because BYU decided we're so powerful we're going to go independent. How's that turned out? Because they were mad that Utah went into the Pac-12, and the Big East is like, well, we got to do something. So we're going to go to we're going to get Boise State and San Diego State, and have this big conference out east. And that that was where everything just kind of stopped. Like this is just too weird. And Nebraska was fortunate to find a place with a solid landing. The Big Ten got a great brand like the Dallas Cowboys of college football. Win or lose, people know Nebraska, and they got them for the Big Ten Network, and that's why that marriage happened. But all around that was absolute, total chaos. And for a time, again, even if Tom Osborne wasn't worried and he and Jim Delaney were on the same page, there were the conversations about, oh, my God, Nebraska might be without a home in the Big 12 and might end up in the Mountain West. Kansas basketball might end up in the Mountain West. Missouri, because they played that so poorly, talked about being in the Mountain West. That's what people need to understand as to how chaotic it was and how fortunate Nebraska was at that time, 10 years ago, to find the place that it did. And amongst all of the stuff that happened, that's still the one move that made the most sense. Will it make sense in three, four, five years? Who knows? But right now, it's fractured. It could get better, and it could go on in the future, and everything will be okay. But the fact that Nebraska is not playing this weekend is ridiculous, and some of these conversations are even more so. Brada Fairberry, Bill Dolman's with us, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, thanks for doing an extended uh, portion and segment with this man. It's always good to get caught up, and we'll uh, be ready to talk some Northwestern Nebraska next weekend. How's that sound? That'd be great. I look forward to a Kincader, some short ribs, and a picture of sugar. That all right. <laughs> there he is. I'll send him Bill some beer. I'm sending him a short rib from Piedmontese and a little Hello. sugar. Bill, you take care, buddy. Autographed. There he is. Pride of Fairberry. Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. I, I could send him some short ribs. We're here at Piedmontese, the Mercado is the uh, the butcher shop that you need to check out. Uh, it's going to be amazing weather this weekend. Get yourself a, a ribeye, throw it on the grill. 
Uh, I'm thinking some short ribs and some of their double bone uh, pork chops. That I mean, Jaybird, those things are thick. They're huge. I mean, they're Fred Flintstone. They're <laughs> huge. It's incredible. They're pretty good size. All right, let's uh, break out the crystal ball. The forecast is on the way with Clausburn shortly. Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, Notre Dame. That ball game looms in South Bend a week from Saturday. And it sounds like uh, sunshine came down with COVID on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So if you do the old 10-day waiting period, uh, he could show and go against Notre Dame uh, next week. There's no way Trevor Lawrence doesn't play a week from Saturday, is there? I, I don't. I, he's asked. He's going to play. You know, I think he's, he's gonna, they're going to find a way to play. I think they're going to literally take it to, you know, the minute of when that positive test came through. I, who knows when that is? The time they've, you know. And, well, it's going to be Wednesday if you right. look at the medical records. Right. Well, I'm saying, like, to the – like, Wednesday. So, yeah, 10 days is, you know, is that Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. But I'm telling you, like, it's going to be to the minute. Like, when did they find – you know, was it at 8 o'clock in the morning? You know, was it a... We're going to doctor the logbooks. <laughs> right, right, you're, you're right. <laughs> you know, or is it literally at midnight of Wednesday morning, you know, or one, sure. you know, 12.15 of, of Wednesday morning. That is, so he's like, oh, perfect. That's, you know, he's up. He can play. He'll be interested to see. That they have a really good backup. DJ, I can't even remember, you know, try to pronounce his name. Um, he's a punter, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's a really good quarterback recruit. Um I think he was another five-star QB recruit that mm-hmm. Dabo just keeps uh, loading Dude, up on. Dabo gets it. He's he's a guy that people like playing for. He's got great energy. He's got a, a, a checkbook that pays head coaches to stay as coordinators mm-hmm. yeah. and just thrive in their role, mm-hmm. and then they just go kill it. Now, yep. to give you an update of Meat Sweat Friday, we have uh, one little bite of kielbasa left. There is two bites of hot link left. And there's about two bites, three bites of the beef brat left. And you can get brats and kielbasa and the hot links here at the Mercado. Uh, we've had a couple of, of, of Coca-Colas to wash it down. The short ribs, I, I keep just looking at longingly because <laughs> those are those are so good on the smoker. And listen. Dude, they're, I, they're good. They're I mean, good, I'm sure you can microwave those are going to be good. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if you haven't had a chance to come out to the Mercado, uh, Mercado, Mercado with uh, your friends here at Piedmontese, uh, do so. The Mercado is, again, uh, North 84th, kind of catty corner from the uh, Lancaster Event Center on the west side of 84th and just north of Havelock Avenue. So either get here, uh, they're open 7 to, I should say from 10 to 7 weekdays, so time for you and uh, check out some of the chuck roast and briskets so that you can take to go pretty awesome stuff and uh from a restaurant standpoint man they've got the casa bovina that's open thursday through sundays uh, five to nine need to get yourself a reservation for that if you want to take uh, the lovely lady to a a nice uh dinner or just go out with the fellas and just again meet sweat it out do it up. And, of course, certified Piedmontese beef, your official beef of the Huskers. So I think Clemson will be okay. They'll be fine. Yeah, they're, they'll I think, be fine. I think uh, Penn State's going to get curb stomped. And then you could – Penn State could be looking at three losses 
before the, by December because they have to come to Lincoln mm-hmm. uh, if all things play out. They don't look that incredible. They're not, I mean. And I think Indiana's a, a good team. They're very good, but not, you know, I wasn't very impressed with Penn State. I expect to see a lot more. Mm-hmm. And Grant, they should have won that football game. They shouldn't have never scored that touchdown to give Indiana another opportunity or, to score. Or how about you hold somebody sure, up sure. 28 to 20. Right, right. right. Um, yeah, it's just not the Penn State I was expecting to see. And, you know, they lose their best player running back. You know, he's not available this year. Well, and so. Micah Parsons right. is kicking yeah. it with an agent. So. Right. Uh, Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers, about 60 seconds. And uh, we'll, we'll wrap up after the, the forecast with this. But I thought both those guys, they're huge. But, boy, do they move well. Mm-hmm. And, man, they were great at the point of attack. Both of those guys on the interior, they were penetrating. And they did a great job of tackling. Yeah, I mean, we know about Ty Robinson. I mean, he was – I mean, even the limited role he had last year playing against Wisconsin, he looked really good for, a, you know, an 18-year-old freshman. Uh, uh, Casey Rogers, I mean, he's a redshirt sophomore. I mean, it's – you know, you'd, you'd heard, you know, sparks about him, but he finally uh, he finally showed some, some signs of improvement, and hopefully he can keep that consistency through the rest of this year. Well, and he's healthy, mm-hmm. right? right? Guys are healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday forecast coming up. We're here at uh, – the Mercado, Pete Montes, Hale Varsity, Meet Sweat Friday continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Well, it's always nice to have your wife uh, comment uh, on your Facebook page. I did a, a welcoming video for the ESPN uh, Lincoln Facebook page and my own Facebook. Come on out, see us here at the Mercado uh, with your friends here at Piedmontese. And it's nice that my wife's calling me Hunter Biden with my mustache. <laughs> my wife is such a sweet woman. Uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, get to it. We uh, say hi to our dear friend, Clausburn, and it's Friday forecast time here on Hale Varsity. Claus, how you doing? Well, I'm doing okay for you. It's, uh, I, I feel bad for you. I, it's never good to have the uh, significant other breaking down your game film, so I'll be pulling for you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, she's, she likes breaking down game film a lot. So, without further ado, let's get into a Friday forecast. And uh, pick sure to go wrong. Claus, have you had a kielbasa recently? I think that's a relatively personal question. <laughs> well, get yourself some Piedmontese beef, Claus, is what I'm telling you. Okay, oh, we'll start off. I was confused. <laughs> we'll uh, head down to, you know, Bevo land, Texas, Oklahoma State. Man, people are in line to just keep kicking old Coach Herman. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shedding a tear. Uh, big opportunity for Oklahoma State to kind of shore up the Big 12. Texas needs a bounce back. I think the way things are trending, this is all Oklahoma State. The line's three and a half. I think the Cowboys win and then uh, make it hurt. Uh, give me uh, Oklahoma State 34 and uh, Texas 23. A win and cover. 
for the Cowboys. Elijah, what do you got? Uh, I really like Sam Ellinger, even though he doesn't have the cast of players around him. You're I think, it. I think he can do enough to keep Texas in a game. I don't think it's enough to get him to win, but I do think uh, that Texas covers that three-and-a-half-point spread. I got Oklahoma State 28, Texas 27 in a thriller. Okay. Jaybird. Oh, hammer, hammer, Okie State on this one. <laughs> this is I, – I, I mean, Okie State's really good. That's what people – I don't know if people watch a lot of Oklahoma State games, but uh, it's really good. Um Somebody's running out of here. What's going yeah, on? I don't know. I was it caught me off guard there. Uh, oh, the phone left his phone. That's oh, what we got going on. <laughs> that was a lot. Uh, give me Oklahoma State and a high-scoring one. Let's go 48-35. Okay. I, I think it's a barn burner, track meet, but I think them to win and cover. Claus, what do we got here? Texas or Okie State? Well, I'm going to take uh, Oklahoma State because much like the fried pies you can get on Robert at Robertson when you're driving from Oklahoma to Texas. I think the Longhorns announced they were back a little too quick. <laughs> and so I'm going to take Oklahoma State 38 and Texas 28. And I do want to mention to our friend Jay, I think I spoke to a friend of his last night, uh, pulling Carl out of a cigar bar in Frisco, Texas. So I uh, wanted to say that your friend is doing well. Thank wow. you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ohio State and Penn State. uh no whiteout, no no night crowd. It's going to be all Ohio State. This is going to uh, really send uh, James Franklin and Penn State searching. Give me the Buckeyes, 31, Penn State uh, 17, the win in the cover for Ohio State. What do you got, Elijah? Uh, you got this one close, and I don't agree with that. I think Justin Fields is just too good after what he showed me last week. Give me Ohio State 42, Penn State 24. Okay, so a little bit larger gap there. Jay? Yeah, I like Ohio State this uh, big time in this one as well. Give me Ohio State, thirty-eight, Penn State fourteen. Wow, big time, mm-hmm. both elbows. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Claus, are you going Ohio State or Penn State? What do you think? Minus twelve and a half Buckeyes. Well, I really don't know about this one. I mean, you've got one school that tried to cover up domestic abuse, another that tried to cover up child abuse. I mean, at least they didn't ask to play football one weekend during football season. Oh, no. <laughs> I suppose I'll take Ohio State in this one, uh, 38, and Penn State 21. All right. I like it. At least they didn't ask to play football. During football season. Yeah, during football <laughs> season. Northwestern at Iowa, and I think th- this is always a tight ball game. Uh, the both hate one another. I would totally lean Iowa in this. I just think Northwestern, I am going to buy in to Ramsey at quarterback for Northwestern. Northwestern's got a good defense. Now they've got a quarterback. I'm going to go with the Wildcats to win outright in Iowa City. Uh, 31-24. Give me Northwestern. Elijah. Yeah, I'm conflicted on this one because Northwestern had a big performance last week, but I I think it was against Maryland, and that's about all you need to read into it. Uh, So I think Iowa still does enough to get it done. Uh, I liked what Danny said last hour about a low-scoring Big Ten game. I got Iowa 20, Northwestern 17, uh, Iowa win and cover. Blackshirt, Jay Moore. Yeah, this one's low-scoring. This might represent more of a baseball score than, uh, than a football score. Give me Iowa... 13 Northwestern 10. Oh wow. This is this is this is a s- slow one. You're going you're rolling it back. Claus, <laughs> what do you have here? Iowa or Northwestern Hawkeyes minus two and a half. 
Well, in this one, you mentioned earlier, fans not going to be around. So I don't know how many teams are going to be doing throwbacks. I heard Iowa uh, was going to do a throwback jersey to this summer when apparently they were allowed to wear white hoods. Oh, wow. But again, but again, at least they didn't put in a call to a university in Chattanooga that might want to play football. So I'll give them a little bit of a break, but I'll take Northwestern in this one. 17 and Iowa 10. All right, down to the SEC we go. <laughs> Speaking of white hoods. Uh, minus three, LSU at Auburn. Uh, I think Bose D has gotten healthy. COVID's helped that out. And I think the Gus offense doesn't have enough. In an upset, even with a backup quarterback, give me LSU. Give me Coach O. And I'm probably way off on this, but give me LSU uh, 27-20 over Auburn. Elijah. Uh, if you haven't watched LSU since the beginning of the year, they've gotten a lot better. Bo Nix is firmly in a sophomore slump uh, for Auburn. So I like LSU in this one as well. Give me LSU 37, Auburn 30. Okay, a little higher scoring. Jay, what do you got yeah, here? Yeah, I think Bo's getting his defense back on track. I think, you know, that early season loss to Mississippi State was was rather flukish against the Pirate. But uh, give me LSU in this one as well, winning at the, the Plains of Auburn. Um, 24-17, okay. the Tigers win. Claus, this will be it. What do you got for us? Uh, LSU minus three at Auburn. Well, the only thing I really knew about this game is that Bo's defense wasn't doing too well, as I've been told by every Husker message board person who really wants him to fail badly. So I tried to do some research, but every time uh, I tried to look into SEC football, I kept thinking I was getting a video of an uncircumcised turtle, but apparently uh, that's called a Paul Feinbaum. So I couldn't make it through it. I'll just guess. LSU 35 and Auburn 24. Claus, that was a pleasure today, my friend. (laughs) Okay. There he is. That is Claus Byrne. Came to the top rope. <laughs> you got a pick on the turtle. <laughs> we'll wind down a, uh, a roadshow meat sweat Friday with Ale Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here. Eh? Just a lot of fun to see folks pop out and uh, swing by the Mercado with Piedmontese, Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday, Chris Schmidt, Blanchard, Husker, NFL, or Jay Moore. And I love deeming this Meat Sweat Friday because we almost polish, polished off all the delicious sausage. We had kielbasa, uh, we have hot links, and we have, of course, uh, the, the bratwurst that was just incredible, Jay. And, and you're a dare I say it, a, a sausage connoisseur. You love throwing <laughs> yeah. stuff on a grill and and firing it up. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, this makes me want to ro- roll out of here with about $100 worth of steaks and it is, it is incredible sort of beef and put it on the Traeger at home. Do it. Do it. Get the smoker going. Short ribs, filet, ground beef is incredible. The, the, the bony and pork chops. Mm-hmm. 
are great. So if you haven't had a chance to come out, check out your friends here at the Mercado. The uh, Mercado's, uh, of course, your butcher shop here with uh, your friends at Piedmontese and uh, just USDA prime grade tenderness. And it's the, the official beef of the Huskers. It's so awesome, so tasty. Every day, 10 to 7, they're open for you. And uh, if you don't want to hassle with smoking or, or grilling, I get it. But I tell you what, they've got the chuck roast and briskets to go for you. And all the, uh, the, the sausage made in-house. So that's pretty good. So this is what we do every Friday. I pick a game. And uh, Elijah and I make a steak and a beer bet. Okay. And uh, by the time the season's done in the NFL, Elijah will owe me whatever I want out of this cold case here uh, with Piedmontese and the Mercado. Elijah, what game are we doing? Uh, we talked earlier in the week about the uh, the Denver and uh, was it Las Vegas game? No, uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers game. But I'm not so sure I want to talk about the Broncos because that's been a They're source bad. of sadness for me this year. Yeah. Okay. Seattle Niners. Let's just see. Yeah. Did you just – you hate Seattle or not? We didn't. No, I mean, no, but it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I think so, too. It's going to be a great game. But we, did, yeah. we did Seattle last week. I know, and I picked Arizona. I knew that was going <laughs> to yeah, happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They've hurt me one too many times already. So you say no to Seattle. Oh, what's the su- – Sunday night, Cowboys-Eagles, no. Uh, avoid that division at all costs. <laughs> it's a pillow fight. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, would you be interested in uh, Vikings-Packers? Could do that. Minnesota's been horrific. Mm-hmm. So, do you want do you want Green Bay then? Game is in Minneapolis, correct or not? Uh, I believe it is. Why don't you look it up for sure? I will. <laughs> like quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's six and a, a half. It's, it's in Green Bay. In Green Bay. Okay, so six and a half points. That's the number. Give me. Give me Minneapolis. You want the Vikings? But I need nine and a half. Vikings nine and a half? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. You take that back. I'll do that. It's five yeah. and one against one and five, yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. You'll, maybe you'll give me a win this week. I don't know. I'm just going to keep picking out steaks for you to purchase. <laughs> All right. Weekend edition tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 a.m. At once upon a time, we were going to be 1130 to 2 down in the rail yard ahead of Nebraska, Wisconsin, or even the uh, folks from uh, Chattanooga. That all got shot to hell. Keep your chin up, Nebraska fans. Uh, Northwestern is uh, lying in wait, and we'll get to it. Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, Big Red Wrap-Up, more to it podcast, brother. Appreciate you. Elijah, thanks for, uh, for driving the bus back at the station. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning uh, with the weekend edition. Many thanks to our friends here at the Mercado with Piedmontese, an amazing butcher shop, North 84th. Make time to check it out and get some goodies for you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.